Another episode, another season, another year of the Bros and Brews podcast. We welcome you back into our lives and 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 just for, for being here with us. We're, we're really excited to be back here. 2021, season two. It's uh, it's going to be another ride. We've got we've got plans. We've got things happening. We've got new ideas and new things to to talk about. And it's we just want to keep it fresh for you guys. But it's uh, it's really exciting to be back here. And it's it's exciting to be back here with you, James. Yeah, man. Fresh is fresh is the word. Excited to be back here with you. Feeling refreshed from a bit of bit of time off from Christmas and New Year's. A little bit of time in the sun. A little bit of time in the sea. Um, I don't want to say I cleared my head from 2020, but it definitely feels <laughs> like I've come back with some some new energy and and yeah, definitely feel like I haven't talked to you enough over the last months. There's been bits and pieces, but after last year of every week like every week. checking in, talking about <laughs> stuff, it definitely feels like I I haven't had enough of you in my life over the last four weeks or so. So Aww. so stoked to be back and and ready to just talk about some stuff, man. Yeah yeah, man. No, I'm excited to be back and I mean yeah, fresher. For we're gonna we're gonna keep that word going. Uh, you, you might have heard at the uh, well, you definitely heard at the top of the show. Now we've uh, we've got a new sound. We've got a we've got a fresh new sound, fresh new tunes for 2021. Yeah, we we talked at the end of last season about maybe wanting to do some some new music, keep the the show rolling into a new season. And and yeah, absolutely, we we have a new sound from the same people that brought the uh, the little Christmas ditty at the end of last year, the mm, the mm. episode 30 Christmas tune. Um, we should say our new sound comes uh, from Sleepers. Uh, they're a SoundCloud exclusive. What a little throwback to, Ooh, to, SoundCloud. to talking about music and how it's changed over the last 10 years. Yeah, on SoundCloud, Sleepers, two guys by the name of Tom Harris and Tom Redburn. Uh, Tom Harris, the the lead uh, frontman of Two Day Coma, who is one of our uh, music shout-outs from last year, one of my good friends uh, that I got to know in Bristol. Um, shout-out to him, Two Day Coma. Shout-out to uh, Tom Redburn as well, who I haven't had the pleasure to meet, but I'm sure is a stand-up guy. And, and yeah, Sleepers. We went absolutely deep-diving into SoundCloud and a song that came out four years ago called come around a little ditty and yeah it's our it's our sound for the next wee while and we absolutely bloody love it it is a tune yeah yeah we've been listening to it uh or i've been listening to it quite full on uh for for the past uh few weeks or so and trying to figure out what we we're going to do so you know you'll you'll hear a, a bit more of it at the at the end of the show um but yeah just bringing in that new kind of fresh Fresh, fresh, fresh feeling <laughs> to the year twenty twenty one. At the moment, eh? Like, no, there's there's baggage on the show from last year, but they're definitely like doing some new stuff, and the, and the sun's out, and it definitely feels like a a new year, and it feels like some things in the world are starting to sort of realign and hopefully take a, a turn turn for the better. And I don't know about you, I want to hear all about about how your last month has been, but I'm definitely feeling refreshed and and on a on a better plane than possibly mm. I was, you know, a month ago. But but in, important to ask, man, how the bloody hell are you? <laughs> I'm I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm actually I'm I'm really good. Um, 
the I mean, look, working the retail game over over Christmas and New Year's really didn't get up to much, you know. Um, I was working either side of it, and you know things like that. I haven't actually had like a a holiday holiday at all. Um, but Christmas was really just chill. My family is not rowdy at all, uh, so we just just we just do Christmas. We just we just talk and eat. It's all we do. Everyone kind of separates and goes their own way. But it was really nice being in Auckland for the first year. Um, where I didn't have to catch a plane or anything from Wellington. I didn't have to worry about any of that. So that was just really nice feeling, just being here. Um, and then New Year's, um, I hang out with a few of my um, with a few of my friends, a few of my Barker's friends that I've made up here um, over the year. Um, they just came around to my apartment and we literally just drank and did general knowledge quizzes. It was it was one of those nights, um, so really nice and chill and tame, um, and yeah, like I said, I've just been working. I, I have enjoyed been working. I, I've been working in the new store, um, Barker store, um, New Market. Um, so it's been really full on and intense. A, a lot of similar pace from what I was doing down in Wellington at Lambton Quay. Um, so that's just been really nice, and and people were really good over the Christmas period. You know, as a you know respectful customers and happy and cheery. I think you know New Zealand is obviously in such a good place where we can have all of this, you know, consumerism and stuff out in public and buying and clothing and all of that. Ruddy ruddy rah. Um, so yeah, people are in good spirits. Um, and yeah, other than that, you know, just enjoying my time at home and my my relaxing period. I've um, you know, got got things to do this year. Um, made a few decisions, but I'll come back to that later. I'll come back to that later. Um, so feeling, I think, yeah, I think re-energized. I've got something to look forward to, and you know, this new year to 2021. It's it's funny, eh? You know, we talk about 2020 and what that was and and stuff, and the new year was. It wasn't a you know a a hello to 2021. It was just a big. If you goodbye to 2020. <laughs> um, so yeah, 2021, you know, for, for, for the past five years, I thought 2020 was going to be my year and it was not. Uh, I got very defeated by 2020. Um, so my my goal, my big thing for 2021 is just to have, um, have a bit more control of it um, and really just um, take it by the horns and just you know, still let it, you know, let it take me and go with the wind. But I feel like I can just have a, a hold of the reins just a little bit more. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this year. I'm excited to be back doing this podcast, um, talking with you every week, um, having people listen in to us every week. Um, so yeah, I'm feeling fresh, re-energized and optimistic. Beautiful. What a, what a soundbite. Yeah. I realized <laughs> that one thing we didn't say last year was for you, uh, Christmas has always been like a bit of a, log- a logistical nightmare to, I don't know yeah. if I can say that for you, but always like essentially going away on a plane for Christmas day and sort of having to be back for boxing day or the day after boxing day. I know there was one year where you sort of turned up on my doorstep invited um, <laughs> in my parents' house, like on Christmas Christmas day, night, Eve, Christmas night, yeah, like Christmas you'd night. flown in. I was like, come on, you got to come over here. And yeah, I was so pleased for you that finally you could have Christmas, like living in the city where you wanted to be on Christmas day with family. So yeah, I was very, no. I was very aware of that. And mm. on Christmas day, um, yeah, Christmas- it was, it was lovely. Cause I mean, some, some years, um, I actually spent Christmas night by myself. 
because I'd have to come back to yeah. Wellington and there was no one in the flat. So I was all by myself. Yeah. I remember one Christmas night I had packet pasta for dinner. It was one of those, um, obviously after a big Christmas lunch, but no, I do, I do remember the Christmas night we spent together, um, very fondly. It was, it was very, a lovely invitation. Um, but yeah, this year it was just, you know, me and mum were able to drink, you know, she didn't have to drive me to the airport or, yeah. you know, I didn't have to get on a plane like drunk. Uh, it, <laughs> it was that, it was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Christmas was great. Great for me. Very similar. Pretty, pretty chill. It was just nice to spend some time with mum and dad after having not had a Christmas with them for a couple of years. Uh, it was really nice weather in Wellington. Went for a swim at like 5.30, um, which which was great. Uh, there was sort of a Christmas like five to seven years ago where Wellington was like 30 degrees on Christmas and went for a massive swim. And I think every year I'm like, will it happen? Yeah. Didn't get quite <laughs> to that level of, of heat, but it was definitely nice enough to go for a little cool off, off dip and yeah, I guess the last few few weeks have been very, very relaxed for me. I've been to a couple of different places in New Zealand, to the Hawke's Bay for five days or so, and have just actually come back from the, the Coromandel, beautiful Wapito Bay. Um, shout mm. out to John and White for, for having me up there and spent a lot of time in the sea and on the sand and, and going for walks and in the sun and reading and, yeah, just having a nice a nice mental break from Wellington and just general life and I think that was one of the main things for the the holidays for me and part of why we didn't want to do the show for an extended period to actually give ourselves a break from everything that would be would be normal or as much as possible um even for things that we enjoy so as to be able to kind of put that put that bookend on 2020 and come back into 2021 with new energy and look man it's a monday morning we're recording earlier than we normally normally would and <laughs> i gotta say i'm i'm fizzing i haven't had any coffee this morning just been a little Ooh. tea a little bit of toast but man i feel like i've got some caffeine running through my my veins and i just can't wait to get to get going with everything that we have planned for for today's episode yeah, yeah, we've uh, yeah we've we've got yeah we've got new things to do and things to say. But I mean, hey, look before before we get there, I I have a question for you. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> there have not been enough questions in my life for the last four weeks, and I'm I'm ready for whatever you have in store. <laughs> well, it's a bit it's a it's a little different from how we do the the questions, and that's just because I've decided to, uh, to do it that way. Um, but I feel like it might be a bit of a doozy, a bit of a thinker for us both. It's definitely got me thinking. Um, but it is a would you rather. Yeah, one of those. So, would you rather lose the ability to read or lose the ability to speak? Lose the ability to read or lose the ability to speak? So, I presume when you say read, you don't just mean like books. You mean as in blind in the sense of blind to to written text, yeah, I would say written text, not necessarily like blind. Mm-hmm. I would say read. Okay, so not able to like, you know, read a sign, read a menu, yep. but, but yep. still able to see the world if it's yep. not in a, a, mm-hmm. a character sense or not able to speak. Um, my instinct definitely takes me to I'd rather give up being able to read than being able to mm. speak. I think, I mean, obviously we're here talking and that's probably my natural, true, natural instinct. Um, I mean, I think sign language is a fascinating thing and I think it's definitely, I hope a language that develops over the next like 
10 years or whatever and more people learn basic sign i think that's something that humanity generally could get could get better at um i think there have been developments and actually to be interesting when we move into some of our topics later on where sign language has come into the entertainment industry more in terms of live Mm. performance and being a side act that obviously through all the the COVID 1pm announcement there was always sign language uh people there i've known people who who knew who know basic sign language i know you have um a bit of a relationship Mm -hmm. with that i think i don't want to say like the power of speech is uh overstated but i also think that there have been brilliant minds that have come up with ways to communicate for people that do not have this the power of speech so i think there are we're lucky to live in a time where if tomorrow you lost the power of speech there would be ways around it um i i guess i think that not being able to read is something that you could be assisted with more easily Mm -hmm. in terms Mm -hmm. of if you can't process something if you have someone else with you to tell you what you're processing then that you'd be able to walk through life because i guess the power of speech is the connection between your thoughts and what you want to vocalize and someone else wouldn't necessarily be able to help you vocalize that thing yeah i get you i mean this is my sort of live on the cuff botched reasoning (laughs) but i think it would probably be reading it's interesting that you phrase it that way because i think the the like uh, blind to to mute yeah, yeah yeah and i we say that with obviously respect to, to people who, who are blind or people that are deaf or partially blind or partially deaf. Um, but I think the on the spectrum of people who have, you know, blindness or, or deafness, if it was just reading that you'd be taking away and I would still be able to see the, the, the colours of the world and the, the beautiful things of the world, I think, uh, I think so much of what I love about performance and entertainment industry and media uh, i think the power of speech would probably be something i'd be more desperate to hold on to um yeah but what are your thoughts please tell me no 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 i i get you i guess i my my question i throw back to you then is that if you didn't have the ability to read then i guess you wouldn't be able to have like specific like you wouldn't be able to do a theater show in the sense of you wouldn't be able to pick up a script and read the script or you know, be delegated a role and have have those. I mean, like you said, unless it was obviously assisted to you yeah. in that kind of way. Um, but I mean, I guess obviously the entertainment industry and stuff like there's so many different aspects and things. I mean, for, for me, I, I, honestly, I, I'm the same. I, I would probably the ability to read as well. I think it would just make me kind of re-evaluate the things that I was doing in the entertainment mm. industry. Like, I think if I didn't have the ability to read, then I'd probably try and hone and enhance my skills more in the, like, improv kind of way. Yeah. You know, because, like, improv and, you know, um, devising and things like that, you know, if you're de- devising a, a script or, you know, maybe not necessarily a script, but if you're devising a show, then, you know, it's all on kind of memory and, and things like that. Improv is off the cuff. You don't have a script or anything like that. So, yeah, you can definitely still kind of be in the entertainment industry and, and, and things. But you, you're right in the sense of um, the, the you know, not being able to speak and communicate as well. Because, yeah, you're right. I, I do know a little bit of um, New Zealand sign language. Um, my uncle is deaf. 
So I grew up around the the deaf community with sign and things like that. And then when I was at university, I actually did a little bit of um, New Zealand sign language. So, you know, I could do your alphabet and like a general, you know, simple conversation and things like that. Um, And you're so so right with the like development of that. I mean, New Zealand sign language is an official language of New Zealand. Um, But I think definitely, as you were saying with the COVID announcements and things like that, sign language is is really, really useful. And I think it's the way, you know, looking at how we communicate and like humans communicate and things like that, like it's already kind of changing. Like everything's becoming a little bit more <laughs> like shorthand yeah. communication, if you know what I mean. Um, so yeah, I definitely think, yeah, sign is going to continue to grow and things. But yeah, I, I, I think, you know, coming back to the, to the question, I, I think I'm the same. I, not that I read much, um, which is very bad of me, and I know we've had this conversation before, um, but I, I, I think, yeah, I think we value, for, for you and me, obviously we do this podcast, people can't see our faces, but they hear our voices. I think speech is, is, is a big thing for us. But I, I wanted to phrase it with the reading point of view, because I know, obviously, you are a big reader. And you do like to read. Um, but I think, obviously, you and me both, we value our voice more and, and our speech and, and being able to... I think you put it really, really nicely in the sense of, like, the being able to obviously internalize and say what, you know, you yourself. Whereas with reading, you kind of have to, you know, with not being able to read, you almost have to rely on someone else. Mm as well like the two two kind of personal to i don't know the other word i'm looking for but yeah i get what you're saying but i i would probably agree i'd probably be the same way yeah and i think it's loaded towards um i was trying to think of of another version of of not being able to speak that might be slightly less broad that might affect Mm. like just performance or in the sense of the way that just reading is an as uh, an element of eyesight. I was trying to yeah, just, I get as you. you've been speaking, I've been trying to ponder if there's a way that you could cut it down a little bit more that might make me jump back onto the the other side. Um, mm. I haven't been able to, but I think as <laughs> <laughs> my as my yeah, short that's answer, the conclusion. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of. Uh, variabilities and and ways of working around reading as as a performer like you say improv um mm. i'd imagine that comedians for the most part work off off mem- memory true um true. you know stand-up comedians i'm sure probably most of them have some form of written stuff but i imagine you could quite easily build a set based on pure memory of of the way that you go into jokes, particularly in something like stand up, where it is, you know, more improvised. Um, yeah. And I think you'd be able to work around not being able to read really interesting. Actually, when I was at drama school, there was a girl there. I won't say who she is. Um, not that I'm think she would have any particular issues with me mentioning this, but she had quite bad eyesight, um, like such that her, uh, eyesight meant that she basically had to wear glasses all the time and they didn't make contact lenses for how bad her prescription oh, was, wow. mm. which I didn't realize was a thing. I didn't realize that you can have, uh, uh, I don't want to say partial blindness, but uh, eyesight so bad that actually they don't make your prescription in contacts. They only go so far. 
Mm. And we had this conversation about how it was really uh, something that she was having to come to grips with as a performer because obviously there are so many roles in the world of performance that glasses aren't appropriate. Show anything that's basically set in the 21st century. It doesn't matter who your character is. You could probably have glasses and no one would deny it. But for for period pieces in particular, maybe in something where it's a very physical uh, character, whether that be for screen or theatre, and you know they might just say we the glasses just too much of a liability. And we were talking about how that's something that she has to overcome as as an actor, like a real kind of bias against people who need assistance for their eyesight Mm. and the fact that you know in her life as a performance people had said like you know take your glasses off for an audition or for a show and she just couldn't see anything you know particularly when you have ensemble and you're reacting to characters if you don't have the depth perception to tell where people are obviously that sense of character isn't believable you know people the audience would watch and think well this person is gesturing to someone who's not quite in the area where they are almost like when cg goes bad and you can kind of tell that it tell. hasn't been yeah. been done yeah. right and it was really eye-opening from a perspective of of i guess privilege in a sense of being a performer and not having to deal with that kind of thing and it just opened my eye up to being like wow being someone who needs their glasses all the time is probably as close to this as you would get in in the sense of people that I've interacted with, with not being able to, to read and how that affects you as a performer. Um, I know she struggled with it, but I think that was probably to do with less about the reading and more about how that translated to performance and character and like costume in a sense. Mm. Um, But I think the way that the world is shifting we're moving away from reliance on eyes a little bit like obviously audiobooks as an example has a massive thing like if you said to me i can never read a book again i would probably be able to shift myself towards audiobooks and be thankful that audiobooks were oh yeah good point Um, yeah yeah yeah. i mean i i'm not an audiobook listener i Mm. like to read and have the thing in front of me and turn the page interestingly actually just being up and the Coromandel, I was the only person of a group of five that was reading traditional books. Everyone else was on Kindles, which I found oh, really true. fascinating. Like I haven't mm. jumped across to that buzz, but I think reading and eyesight stuff has definitely shifted. There's more moving there. Maybe part part of it to do with like human laziness. People don't want to read, so we have audiobooks. You know, people don't want to look at stuff, so we're consuming a lot through listening. And sure, we the question that you asked wasn't about eyes versus ears, but I think the adaptability is there for eyesight things. Um yep. whereas speech, the power of your voice, whether it's you know, and the very real sense of like freedom of speech you know, advocating for things that you you believe in. Everything from that all the way down to being simply able to, like, say hi to someone and have a random conversation. I think that would be a lot harder to get over because of the amount of things that um, speeches, from podcasting yeah. to being an actor to saying hello to people. Um, yeah, just as I try and unravel some of those those thoughts... I, I think I'm would definitely be um, more protective of the power of speech, but then again, I, I think there is possibly some delineations there that might make me jump across to to reading. I think. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think, yeah, I, I mean, I guess the whole thing comes down to in the sense of, like, the world is becoming a way more accessible place. Yeah. For everyone. For, for like you said, whether you're blind, deaf, or mute. Um, I think it's just a matter of, of everyone kind of, um, I guess, uh, adapting and learning those skills just as much, you know? I think, you know, like you said, I think if, even if you're not necessarily a part of one of those communities, um, that doesn't mean that we can't all do our part to at least try, yeah, and make it more accessible just for them. Because, um, I mean, I, I, I'm definitely thankful that I grew up in the deaf community, Um around my uncle and, and things like that because it was it's a whole nother world you know on on things like that and it's I mean at least when I was growing up like you know in the early early 2000s it wasn't it's not like they were you know to the to the side well they were I mean they were a you know a, a minority obviously um and they didn't have the accessibility for everything and, and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I think of a few times that I've been working in retail and I've noticed a deaf person come into the store and I've been able to have a slight interaction with them in the sense of sign language. Yeah. You know, and, and they, they, they you know, that, that person left with a smile on their face, you know, mm. because it's, you know, you, you wouldn't expect it kind of thing um i i remember i've seen i saw a video as well of a um have you seen that video of santa a a, a deaf girl goes onto santa's lap no uh, it's it's adorable and it's so it's such a lovely video but there there was a santa you know your typical mall santa and a, a deaf girl goes to santa and you know wants to have a conversation and then mum kind of tells santa that she's deaf and he kind of he kind of goes oh okay and then looks at the girl and starts signing to her wow and then the girl just looks at him just kind of like oh and then like starts signing with santa you know like as a yeah. small child like that you know looking at this kind of magical being that santa is and and having that small lovely interaction or something like that is just you know i, I it's moments like that where it's i think humanity is on the right track yeah and i just i just feel like humanity can I, I keep preaching this. I feel like we can always do more. Humanity can can do more for everyone around us. Um, wow, they got deep really fast, didn't it? Ah, oh, we we haven't had any <laughs> deep discussions for four weeks. I'm surprised it's taken us twenty six minutes to to get there. It's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, there's yeah. a there's a really great play that I can't think of off the the top of my head. I'll see if I can sort of sneakily Google it on my phone while I'm talking about it. Um, but it's a a two hander play, and the premise is that for whatever reason, there's a limited amount of words that humans can say. Uh, I think it's, I don't know if it's in a lifetime or in a year, but basically it's about this couple's relationship as they are having less and less ability to have conversations with each other. Mm. Because for whatever reason, the, the state or the government or the universe or whatever has limited the amount of words that everyone is, is able to have with each other. And yeah, it's just a fascinating concept. And they go from speaking normally to having to speak in, in shorthand to all of a sudden, you know, at the end of the day, only being able to say like two words to each other to summarize how they're feeling and the human wow. frustration of the inability to converse with someone that you have a relationship with and how, how straining that is. Mm. Um, yeah. And it's for one thing, a great play. I'll try and try and Google it and find it. But, within that world of like 
how particularly for people that have the power of speech and then lose it i think is probably a great sense of loss um in comparison with people who are born with deafness or born with blindness mm. or born with the inability to speak that's a a a different sense of, of of loss or growing up and that is the only life that you know i think the ability to speak jumping into not being able to speak would be would be so completely shocking um and yeah that that play which again i'll try and find the name of was a brilliant exploration of how we rely so heavily on this one form of communication and like you said i think you know there's there's obviously ongoing debate for years in new zealand about should te reo maori be uh compulsory in schools which i firmly believe it should yeah i think also basic sign in school should yeah be compulsory. i agree kids are so absorbent of anything and it's not sign language isn't i don't want to say it's more or less difficult but you know i know how to say thank you in sign that's mm-hmm. one more thing than people who don't know and our retention our human retention our memory is so good that as soon as someone you know said to me this is how you say thank you i've just remembered it you know it's not as hard as we as i think we like to put up these barriers of of communication issues and in school even if you gave kids a week long like one hour a day so five hours of basic sign they would learn them and just remember them and then for for those people who who live those lifestyles like the that kid on Santa's lap or the the people that you encounter in your line of work like you just make those people's days so much so much better um yeah yeah we've kind of dived into something different than I thought we yeah, were yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah. The, whole, hey, well, that's the, the that's the point the, the whole the whole point um yeah I, I absolutely agree with you about the world becoming more accessible and I think that's beneficial for for everyone 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 definitely I mean, the, uh, you think, uh, you know, I always talk about the human language. I mean, English in particular, you know, like it's such a it's such a dirty language, right? <laughs> we got no rules. Uh, we have absolutely yeah, exactly. no rules. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, uh, I think English is one of the it's one of the youngest languages, I believe, isn't it? Um, English? Yeah. I think so. Because it's kind of just a culmination of every other language, pretty much. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'd love to see in, you know... Um, I don't know, maybe not in, in our century of living. Not that I'm going to live to a century, gosh. Um, but, you know, that communication will completely, completely change, I think. Um, more more, more worldly. It's a weird thought, isn't it? Ugh. Ah, but that's okay. I mean, that's the thing about, about language, right? We so many people's resolutions and life stuff is as always to like oh well i want to learn a new language and i want to be able to speak this because we are always so impressed with the people that can speak more than one Multiple. language the power of, yeah the power of communication um is, True. is so esteemed and in this like globalized world that we live in that's that's something that we all all seek to have an improved sense mm. of being able to communicate mm. with each other um and yeah that's why i think whenever we meet someone that can as bilingual or trilingual or or even for yourself like your understanding of whether it's a, a rudimentary understanding of of a language even you know someone doesn't have to be fluent for us to have that wow you speak the language i would love that yeah yeah 
I mean, Duolingo, all that sort of stuff has, has oh, obviously yeah, I've done, taken I've done off. that. Yeah we've, yeah, we've all tried it, haven't we? We've, we've all dabbled. We've all... I started and I stopped, and I but stopped. I mainly stopped because I realized I wasn't going overseas anymore. <laughs> yeah, that, that stinks. But we should move on because... We should, because we should, we should. That, that we're delving into all these different things. But thank you for such a great question. What a way to start out um, the year. And it's definitely going to be something that I'm going to be pondering over the next wee while how how life would be different and i think just in terms of being grateful for what you have it's important definitely um, to always to to reflect and and think about the the wonderful things that we we have in our lives that often we might take for granted Mm. Mm. but to move on we said that this year there would be new ideas and new segments and new areas of conversation and and we've we've got a doozy. One thing that we, we a doozy on reflection, what we wanted to talk about this year was we wanted to leave a little space for music every now and then. Last year we we dabbled with bits and pieces. We did the music shoutouts. Of course, we do, talked about our Spotify Wrap. There were times where we talked about how you know the albums that we would take to a desert island and the artists that we'd like to see live. And and even though acting as a sort of specific performance medium as, as our primary passion. We're, we're passionate about all areas of the entertainment industry. And I think yeah. music is something that we like to have conversations about and I think is really helpful for our surrounding sort of as as artists and engaging with the entertainment industry. And and so, yeah, for for this year, we every now and then, probably every three weeks, we want to come around and spend a little bit of dedicated time to music. And, and this will be the first installment of our, of our new segment um, dubbed Music Corner. Welcome to Music Ooh. Corner. Woo! Hey, good to be here. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, look, it's great to uh, be here, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. We're, but yeah, like exactly what James said. We just want to, um, yeah, talk about music. And this week, we're, um, you know, we don't necessarily have a, a shout out. We don't necessarily have a new album. But one thing that we were really interested in talking about, obviously, we've just gone through the New Year season and and what happens through New Year and the holidays is uh, is music festivals. You know, music festivals is is such a big thing, whether it be, a, you know, a, a dedicated concert to one artist or um, a one day festival or a, or a three day festival, two day festival. It's it's massive and everyone, you know, travels across the country and and goes and um, has a really big time i guess <laughs> just one one thing to call it is just a really big time and obviously you can have your music music festivals throughout the year and things like that you know you, you think of your your coachellas your um your glastonbury's and um what's the what's that other one wonder land wonder wonder tomorrowland no, tomorrowland that's the one <laughs> tomorrowland yeah you know you have these really big big things and so many people travel for them um but yeah, we just yeah, we just basically just want to talk about music festivals and 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 what they're all about. But a really a really nice little throwback tidbit that I want to just uh, just talk about before we get into that is um, back in uh, back in two thousand and fifteen, um, myself, James, um, uh, our other great friend SJ, uh, and our other other great friend uh, Jack, uh, we all had. Um, a night of talking and recording and it was the first time that myself and James had an idea of just recording a conversation and I thought it was lost 
to the wind, it was gone, it was just something that we had done that we would remember. Um, but through scrolling through my phone the other day, uh, I actually found the two and a half hour recording that we did that night. Uh, and I must say, it's uh, 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 taking a word that you used, a doozy. Um, and <laughs> I listened never to it. Never let TMZ get hold of it. <laughs> ne- never, never. Um, but through listening to it, um, one of the conversations that actually lined up for what we were talking about right now and dedicating this to Music Corner um, is that we we're actually talking about Coachella lineups. Um, and we talked about uh, who we kind of would... I because you were you were you were off to Coachella, weren't you? Is that why? No, did I think you it was just no? You, any you, of that? It was pre it was, any of that. It was because if it was 2015, it would have been our it was second the end year of, of 2015. Yeah, and I think we were just like talking about our dream festival lineup. I don't know why Coachella was particularly in the air. Um, obviously, it's one of the big festivals mm. that people kind of like, idolize and and wish to go to. Um, for those who don't know, Coachella is uh, it's a California um, festival that's three days over two weekends. So three days one weekend and three days the next weekend um, at the Empire Polo Club in Indio, California. Yeah, before I'd done any overseas travel, before um, I had done anything around that, I think it's just pure, well, not, not coincidence, but before <laughs> any of the worldly travels that that instigated certain music festivals i think we were just talking about our dream talking about it. our dream yeah. festival lineup if we had our way and were able to play play universe and line everything up for our sort of perfect thing yeah yeah true true yeah well well listening to this recording we we broke it up into three segments we broke it into the kind of uh rap hip-hop oh yeah uh pop and then rock we broke it up into those three kind of genres in our sense of like a, the main headliners yeah. kind of thing. And um, all four of us kind of had our input and we kind of talked about, you know, these different kinds of acts and who, who at the time, who the internet thought was going and things like that on who we would want to go. Um, I mean, I should big- say, I should say. I don't know anything about the recording, so I've specifically yeah. told Matt, don't tell me who we said. So I'm preparing myself for the worst. I'm preparing to oh. massively backtrack. It was six years ago. Um, <laughs> I'm a little bit scared, but I have no idea what we talked about. Um, Matt's listened to it. Um, I'm I'm preparing nervously for whatever we talked about. No, no, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. I mean, there's some pretty, there's some pretty, there's some very big names in here and i think definitely a lot of names that we would still consider like absolutely seeing and yeah. seeing this in our ti- in our in our um in our headline um I, I mean i think it's mine's definitely changed a little bit um but i mean look let's start it off um the big kind of rap hip-hop artists that we kind of threw out there and we had conversation about uh number one and number two was uh kendrick lamar and kanye west mm-hmm. look they're always going to be up there, you know, it's those two. Um, but I think we were having a big debate on whether they were actually going to be there the next year kind of thing. But for us, Kendrick Lamar, Kanye West, very up there. Um, a big name that I actually said um, was Eminem. <laughs> How do you feel about that now? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't uh, have any relationship with Eminem. When Fran and I were driving around Coromandel, was she 
played some Eminem as like part of a playlist and we were talking about the 90s and how some of Eminem's lyrics are just so shocking in terms of the 90s being a different time culturally mm. and what was acceptable and so much of his songs like would be considered not PC now oh, I have definitely. no relationship with Eminem I never really listened to him um, of course like some of his famous songs I know but yeah he was just definitely an artist that for whatever reason and like my growing up just completely passed me by ah see so i'm, I'm complete opposite because the reason why i listened to the recording i said eminem was because i grew up with him yeah i grew up listening to eminem me and felix my cousin um we i remember he got he got the curtain call album for like and he's younger than me and he got the curtain call album but it was the explicit version yeah but i don't think his mum realized that it was the explicit version and so he got it, and me and him would like absolutely listen to that thing. We learnt the like curtain call album like off by heart. I couldn't do it for you now though. I, I maybe a few songs, um, and that was my big reasoning for mentioning Eminem because I did have this really big relationship with him growing up. I, I don't anymore. Like I've I've listened to um, uh, what's his what was his latest album? Um, not the Kamikaze. Oh no, Kamikaze. And then there was the other one that came out. How to train how your to dragon? <laughs> Close. The Eminem classic. I think it was like not how to get away with murder. That's a TV That's show. A TV show. Um, but how can we know how to? Man, I got no idea. No, I can't remember. I, it's going to annoy me. Off. No, I won't find it. Anyway, his one of his latest ones. I've listened to it a few times, and it's definitely like changed from what his you know old school stuff was um but you're so right some of the old school stuff doesn't really fly right now um so but yeah eminem was a big one another big one childish gambino yeah yeah um and a few other ones chucked out in that same kind of category was hobson oh yeah i remember jack was always a big fan of hobson yeah Yeah. jack was massive into the hobson and in the recording you can actually hear us listening to a bit of hobson in the background because i think a few of us were like what um (laughs) so yeah we listened to hobson uh and fka twigs as well i remember in 2015 sj was a really big fan of um fka twigs and and definitely still is now um but i remember when living with sj she completely got me into fka twigs Mm. um and and during that time period i was very much um yeah into into her current stuff at that time yeah um at the moment no sj's definitely given me a few songs to kind of catch up with the fka twig scene um but uh yeah not not there at the moment um but yeah they were the they were the big uh rap hip-hops i mean any objections to to those kind of headliners now no i think my development with rap and hip-hop is probably has probably gone the furthest in the last six years versus say like pop or or rock mm. so i think mm. there's more uh shall we say like second tier or third tier artists that would really fill um uh ideal lineup for me like i won't go into them but yeah 2015 was the year that i started appreciating those sorts mm. of genres so um i mean it speaks to the likes of kendrick lamar and kanye west j cole would be another big one that yeah over the last six years, this sort of stayed in, in place and the, the top of those those areas. Um, but no, no no objections there. And it's not surprising to me that, that they were up there then. Yeah, no, it, it, I, I'm the same. I was listening to it and I was like, oh no, this, this still travels. Um, we Now, going on to the pop scene, we didn't actually spend a lot of time in, uh, on the pop 
uh, genre. I think because at the at the time for me, like for me now, my genre is definitely pop. Yeah. Like I listen to the top hits uh, a lot, so I'm definitely in that kind of realm. Um, but we listening back, I only heard three three names yep. that that we mentioned. Uh, number one was Coldplay. Would you put Coldplay in the pop genre? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. So Coldplay was was one uh, mentioned. Uh, Lady Gaga was another one that was mentioned mm. uh, for the for the pop genre, and then a complete out of left wing from me and Jack was Justin Bieber. Really? Yeah. Now I think it was because that's when he released his album Purpose. I think I think it was his Purpose album that he released in. It was either 2014 or 2015, um, and I I I still. To this day, really enjoy that album. Um, was that the one that like, I don't want to say like his most successful album, but that was that the one that had just heaps of yeah, heap heap heaps. Like, what do <laughs> you mean top. that sort of period yeah, of time? Exactly, it's that it's that period of Justin. Yeah, um, and yeah, uh, me and Jack were both very unanimous in the sense of like, yes, we we would very much want to see Justin Bieber at that time. Um, yeah, not I don't know about now, um, but I would definitely listen to a young Justin Bieber doing doing purpose. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've definitely got some <laughs> thoughts about about general thoughts on listening to artists and people that I'd like to see and and to not see. But I'll let you get through the third the third genre before I I yes. speak to that because I think it reflects kind of how I feel about music generally now, not necessarily pop specifically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Third third genre, uh, rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, first big name that was thrown out was Guns N' Roses. Yep. Um, I think Guns N' Roses was thrown out because it was a prediction of what the next Coachella lineup was going to be, that the Guns N' Roses were going to be there. Um, but then the next three big names that we talked about was the Foo Fighters, uh, Blink-182, and 30 Second to Mars. Ooh. Yeah. 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 A good cross-section. Yeah, yeah. Thirty Seconds to Mars would probably be my my big one. Yeah. Um, for for the rock genre. Um, but I mean, yeah, Foo Fighters, Blink One Eighty Two. I mean, you can't you can't doubt them. Yeah, I think rock has always been a genre that I have never got into as much as some other people. So mm. I don't think I probably would have given much up up then. But definitely those names, like reflecting on six years later, make a lot of sense, and I probably know yeah. some of their music more uh, than I do now interesting that guns and roses was prediction because in 2016 at the coachella <laughs> festival at empire polo club in india california guns and roses headlined the saturday and Ooh. i was there for their set oh now that's a massive brag um <laughs> but it's good is a good moving point into into general reflections on on festivals and thank you for sharing that i can't believe how you still have that i'm not going to take up 10 minutes asking you how you still have a file questions of do you have the same phone as 2015 people will be thinking how long has he been holding those we won't dive into that because simply we don't have enough time um but thank you so much for finding it and bringing it to light um i will listen to it in my private time and see how much of i can get through without cringing at our uh, second year uni selves but yeah 
Yeah, I think you're right. Festivals are, are something synonymous with summer, and obviously we're very fortunate at the moment that we can have festivals in New Zealand. Um, obviously, most of the world can't, and are looking at us jealously that we can. I've been told that TikTok has a, a wash with videos of people reacting to New Zealand festivals. Um, but it's interesting that we talk about festivals in New Zealand because... I have no relationship with festivals in New Zealand, really. Like, I've never been to R&V, haven't been to R&A, I've never been to Bay Dreams. It's just something that, for whatever reason, in New Zealand has never really grabbed me, and I've I've only really been to music festivals overseas. Um, that's definitely a, a privilege to have been able to go overseas and have access to these often mm. far more expensive far more elaborate festivals but i think that's where that conversation came from in 2015 they're like these artists would never come to new zealand let alone you know to tour yeah, themselves true. but they would definitely wouldn't headline a festival so we can but dream um i think a lot of how i viewed festivals in the past has been like i wouldn't spend money to go and see artists that i'm not interested in listening to and yeah. I think now my opinion on that has changed quite a lot. Whereas in the past, you know, in 2015 before I went to Coachella in 2016, uh, in 2018 and 2019, I went to a festival called Love Box in London, which was big enough to have the likes of Childish Gambino and Chance the Rapper and Anderson Pack, uh, Vince Staples involved in, you know, part of the lineup. You know, not a massive festival. There are certainly much bigger festivals in the UK, such as Glastonbury, but definitely enough of a pool to bring in a couple of big headliners. And even a, a sort of boutique festival called Lost Village, which I uh, went to in 2019 in sort of the north of the UK, which was you know much smaller names, but still a very different scene than New Zealand because being predominantly UK artists and the music's a bit different. It's interesting listening back to that and how we kind of valued really, really big artists' names. Mm, mm. And I guess now the way I think about music festivals is I think what would really sell it to me is is going with, with people. It's all yeah. about the community of, of who you're going with. And the interesting thing, like looking back at the, the Coachella headliners, they were Guns N' Roses, I had no relationship with from a listener perspective, LCD Sound System, which was kind of a reunion gig. I'd never listened to LCD Sound System before. And Calvin Harris, who was like a very, very big mm. name in, in pop. Um, but none of those three were like massive people that I listened to. And actually the, the names from that festival that I enjoyed more were like what would be considered second tier artists. Um, Flume played that year. Um, who else played that? that year disclosure played that year there were definitely artists that i didn't know as well but maybe slightly less popular but i really enjoyed their sets i think that's something that we wanted to hit was that when you go to festivals typically the sets are anywhere from like 40 minutes to an hour maybe a headliner at a big festival like coachella or glastonbury would get an hour and a half for the closing set but definitely way shorter than if you went to say an Eminem concert or a Justin Bieber concert where probably what's the average like two hours two, two and yeah, a half I hours guess. yeah and the amount of music that you get through is, is way less so like when I saw Chance the Rapper at Lovebox I was like he's only got 45 minutes what songs is he going to get through mm, true like please gen through all these songs that I want to hear do mine do mine do, do the ones that we want. do the ones I know um <laughs> 
and that relationship between the performer and the audience I think is very different because people have come to festivals to see so many different acts and then you end up in the audience with people who have varying relationships with the artists which I think can be really complicated because if you are super passionate like there were people I remember in their 30s and 40s and 50s at Coachella who lined up for Guns N' Roses they were at that front stage for like 10 hours of the day waiting for the set that would be 10 hours later because they just had to see Guns N' Roses and imagine how they felt being surrounded by like lots of younger people who don't really know Guns N' Roses that well probably just went there for like the Step Brothers movie they wanted to hear that like little bit of Sweet Child of Mine clip I know that was kind of me 100 meters back <laughs> but then there are also people that like discover new music at festivals yeah. I think where I'm trying to get to now is as in the past I looked at festivals as like who are the big names how many big things can, like big people's music can I tick off now I view it as more of like a what a new artist that I could discover over three days. Like now I really have an appreciation for like house as a genre, which isn't mm. really a big artist genre. It's more about a style of sound. And like, yeah. you might want to listen to house for an hour or two hours without really caring who the artist is specifically. You just want to be around that sort of vibe. And I think that's the kind of point with different tents at festivals is you have five, one and five, two and five, three, and you can move between them. I think now I would simply like to be going to festivals where there's vibes that I want to interact with rather than having to do the like, oh, this person's playing, need to get there for the set. I hope they play the good songs. Oh, these people were annoying. Why are they pushing? You know, the stresses that come with that, that I was probably happy to put up with at like age 20 when I was at Coachella. I think now I just would want to feel relaxed about the day, three days mm. in the sun with some mates, listen to some, some, good tunes oh there's someone that i want to listen to cool can we go and vibe there for a little bit i think my relationship with music and how it is portrayed in festivals is definitely different than how it would be in 2015 if that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. that makes sense that makes sense completely yeah uh, i i i'm yeah i haven't had the um pleasure of obviously having an overseas uh festival experience um i'm really not a festival goer in general to be honest, like I've never been to um, an r and I've never been to uh, R&A, you know, these big kind of all these big New Year festival parties and yep. things like that. I've never been to one, never been to one. Um, I've always been interested, obviously, to, to go, but then, you know, I've always been working or righty, righty, rah, just, you know, other life things or I just generally don't have an interest in it, you know, maybe I just don't want to go. Um, there was part of me this year, though, being like, just looking at my Instagram and stuff, just being like, oh, that looks like fun. Um, but anyway, that's social media, right, right, right. That's for another time. Um, but yeah, the the things that I have done is back when I was, man, what, I would have been like 14, 15, um, the old Parachute Festival. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the old Mystery, Mystery Creek in the Waikato. Um, Parachute was predominantly like a big kind of, you know, like Christian kind of, you know, big you know party not party yeah yeah kind of um you know camping you know all of these artists and things like that um you know they had like worship and things like that this is like this I, I was back back in my teens I was a big kind of you know devoted catholic slash christian kind of following and and things so I did go with um church and you know a group of, of friends and things like that and it, it was a lot of fun at that age it was like 
it was my first kind of big thing I've ever been to. You know, we were staying in tents and we were running around all day and listening to different music acts and acts that I'd never listened to. And at that age, I definitely found some acts and, and, you know, being with friends and it was just a lot of fun. Um, I think LMNOP went one year as well, um, which was sick because um, it's LMNOP. Um, and... Yeah, I can't really remember many of the other artists, but there, I do. It does take me back, and there were there were a few where I was like, I've never heard these guys before, but I am definitely going to listen to them now. Um, but I don't listen to them anymore yeah. because I've kind of I've left that time in my life kind of in the past now. Um, but yeah, parachute was my first really big big introduction to those kinds of things at, a, at not a young age, but at, at a good age. Um, I've been to a six sixty concert before, which is which was cool. I mean, six sixty, um, great music. Um, I've been to Homegrown once before as well down in Welly, um, and Homegrown's cool because obviously you know it's New New Zealand artists. Homegrown is dedicated for that. The I really like it through the waterfront on how all the stages are split and things like that. You know, I remember being invited backstage to Cora. Um, one time and you know being on stage was really cool not on stage side of stage Um, and that was a cool experience you know you have all your big kind of New Zealand artists just going crazy and and that's a lot of fun Um, but I kind of really found the sweet spot and what I enjoy in a one day music festival Um, and that was Laneway yeah Laneway up here in Auckland they've had it at Silo Park previous years um, but the, the two years that I went, it was actually at, um, Albert park and it is great. It, I mean, it's very, it's crowded, but not in the point where like people are really shoving each other. I think people are actually quite, uh, at least it felt respectful. People were obviously rowdy and crazy and things like that. Um, but it was, it was really good. Like, you know, I got to see Billie Eilish before she was like a really big thing you know she now she's got millions and millions and millions of followers um but seeing her a little bit younger on stage bloody firecracker that was really cool um glass animals um uh, mr carmack who's a really big dj um that i love in the sense of that house genre that you were talking about um and uh, man other artists that i can't name off the top of my head right now um but laneway was a really nice yeah it just kind of one day commitment just hanging with friends everyone's on that same kind of buzz no one's being too rowdy or crazy or stupid under this you know under the trees under the sun in the middle of Auckland city which is just crazy um so yeah laneway is definitely my kind of I would say limit but I definitely still obviously want to experience the kind of R&V vibe but I think like you said I'd need to go with the right people who wanted the same vibe that I wanted you know I feel like if I had gone back during high school with some of those you know some of those other guys I would have it would have been a completely different experience um so yeah I I yeah R&V yes and no (laughs) I think the difficult thing with festivals as well is if you end up with a group of people who like different music you end up having to you have to make decisions based on who wants to go to who. And like when I went to Coachella, I went with uh, another Kiwi girl who was on exchange, who I was pretty good friends with and a group of people that we kind of knew, but we weren't really friends with. And I didn't know those people well enough. Um, They were Americans. I didn't know them well enough to like, yeah, let's hang out as a group. As say, if you and I 
if you and I went to a festival, I wouldn't care what music we went to. We'd just be having yeah. a good time listening. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was mostly uh, me and this girl going around sets that we'd kind of decided. But there was a certain point of a day where I was like, you know what? No one wants to go and listen to the music that I want to listen to. So I'm bailing. And I just remember listening to, I think, Disclosure I went to by myself. Uh, yep. I think Ice Cube performed. And I was like, I definitely want to see Ice Cube <laughs> and went by myself. Um, and that's kind of not really what festivals are about. About. and i think that was probably the one flaw of that experience that i had was i wasn't there with the right people and it kind of limited my experience of other stuff whereas i think in new zealand our festival focus is so community it's like who are you going mm. with who are you tenting mm. with probably who are you drinking with um and i think there's a positive side to that in terms of the new year's community and spending extended time with people like outside in the sun but there's definitely a bit of grins cringe culture with new zealand festivals that i don't like i think i'd almost go far as to say i don't really like new zealand festival goers on mass um yeah the way we interact with each other with strangers uh in those kind of environments i'm not a massive fan of i think potentially people in other countries like my experiences in the states and the uk and maybe more respectful to people there they they don't know whereas in new zealand we're so insular and so small that perhaps we're not particularly polite to each other mm. or nice to each other there's not a massive mm. uh happy vibe but i haven't been to any of those festivals so maybe i'm talking about something i haven't experienced but that's what stopped me going along with in the past going $400 for a ticket. I know people spend up to a grand once you add up all your food costs and your travel costs and all that sort of stuff from artists that I'm not really that interested in seeing. In the past, that was a definite no for me. Whereas if next year you and me and some mates that we're friends with, we all decide, you know what? We just want to spend three days together outside in the sun and hang out. If it was pitched to me that way, then potentially I'd be yep. all up for it, you know? Yeah. In a similar way to if we were... Uh, both in Europe and different countries and this was a way for us to hang out and spend three days together to go to some brand festival and I don't know like Ziggit and and Hungary's it is Hungary right is it in Budapest Ziggit I think so yes um people will listen and correct me if I'm wrong but but (laughs) that whole like meeting up and spending time together I think festivals can be a great way to spend time with people where you kind of in a place and have a purpose of what you're doing for the three days you don't have Mm. to decide what to do because you're all just sort of spending time together but yeah yeah i think it's just interesting the way that we view the um the artists at festivals as a way of kind of currency like this person is worth this many hundred dollars to me this person is like worth oh well if they came and played a solo concert i'd spend 80 bucks on that so them at a festival you know we uh, mm. we kind of figure that out in our head and i remember after the first day of coachella going the tickets paid for like i've had yeah, yeah, yeah. immense music experiences that i wouldn't get to have in new zealand going forward um and hopefully if we you know the way the world continues hopefully big artists are able to come back i think in the last few years there's definitely been more of a wave of uh, big artists coming across i definitely remember being in in bristol and people being like oh kendrick lamar came over and like charles gambino came over and i was like why not before 2018 but generally <laughs> speaking i think there is a move for 
artists to be able to justify coming to New Zealand as as part of tours often that involve Australia but yeah I think music festivals are so different from concert experiences and and the way that we interact with music is so different in them and that that's why I bring up house like as as a genre of music that I know lots of festival goers enjoy because so long as an artist is playing within that genre it kind of doesn't matter who they are you just know that they're going to be playing that vibe whereas i don't think that's necessarily the same with something as say specific as uh i don't know hip-hop you know you wouldn't Mm. just go and listen to hip-hop you'd probably want to know the artist so you know the lyrics because it's such a lyrical vibe versus genres that are more instrumental which i think is really where festivals succeed is as good instrumental vibes that people uh enjoy and then can sort of just listen to for an extended period of time um Mm. yeah well it's the it's the difference of like going to like a you know a select three course meal or going to a buffet yeah you know concert festivals kind of thing if you if you want to put it like that you always change everything to food with me don't i um but yeah i mean i i've i've yeah i've always i i so get what you mean with the festivals and and stuff like that because i i kind of like what i like yeah um but i know definitely lately that i have been trying to kind of listen to more things and stuff so i think like you said i uh, you know with the pitch of r and v if it was just the fact of I, like I don't want to get I don't want to get fricked up like I don't want to go to a festival just the, for the sake of drinking and taking a lot of you know things that I shouldn't be taking and stuff and just getting messed up and not really knowing what I'm doing for three days yeah like none of that interests me now at least at the age of 25 um but if you were to like you said if you were to pitch it in the sense of like look let's just go and spend three days together under the sun have a chill time and just yeah go go where we want to go kind of thing it not kind of be this strenuous journey of getting to mount mordor kind of thing yeah you know yeah i just i just want i just want to coast through um but yeah i mean uh, but in, in the sense of concerts as well as i i don't i don't get it out enough but i think I think that's because like you said i think we're so lucky in new zealand that we can even have these concerts but no international artists can come to New Zealand. Yeah. So there's there's not a lot of them going on. Um, so I think, you know, I think that was another big deterrent in the sense of R&V for me this year, which is weird when you think about it. I mean, R&V pretty much just turned into a homegrown. Yeah, pretty much. You know, that, which is exactly what it was. So I think, you know, once, once the world opens back up, whenever that is, um, and you kind of have these big acts and things, I think, yeah, people will really start reevaluating those things differently. But as you can see, R&V was obviously still a massive thing because people see R&V as a, a whole new experience or, or a different experience to necessarily the music. Yeah. And obviously we it's all about in the last year has been about supporting New Zealand as a independent businesses, True. New Zealand music True. artists. There's obviously nothing wrong. And actually I'm super glad that, that hopefully lots of those music artists got decent pay cuts from those festivals that seem to be pretty busy and lots of them sold out. But it doesn't mean that I hate New Zealand music's, you know, the New Zealand music industry, just because I look at a lineup and go, if Dave Dobbin's number three on their list, I'm actually not that interested. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, like, I, don't, I don't think that means that I hate the music industry in this country. It just means that I'm not that interested in, in that specific lineup on that specific day. But I do hope that 
we can go to a, a festival together at, at some point. Doesn't necessarily have to be Glastonbury or, or Coachella. That would be the dream. That's um, if the we dream. Have that time and the travel and the money required. But <laughs> yeah, I think it's all about who you're with and at the certain age that you are in, in life, whether it's 2015, hoping for all those big names, or now where it would be more about getting the right vibe. I think music festivals and the way that music has developed over the last like probably decade as a whole new sense of of how we relate to music as an audience and as a listener and and that shift from single artists on one given night to multiple artists all getting little bits of of the pie is definitely a massive development in music and and i presume will only continue to grow there seems to be being more and more festivals with more and more artists um the growth of like the boutique boutique festivals, you know, Toast, Martinborough and In the Vines and all these different like boutique things. I think the music festival industry will just continue to grow and grow and grow. Obviously it's completely limited by the like coronavirus continuing, but probably if and when more countries are able to hold those events, the flocking to those kind of community vibes will be massive and festivals all around the world will sell out even faster than they used to in the past. Yeah, it's it's such a weird time we're living in, you know. I, 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 I reflect on it every single day, you know, and, and we say it and we've already said it this podcast that we are so lucky in New Zealand to be able to do the things that we're doing right now. And there is just so much going on around the rest of the country, uh, the rest of the world at the moment that it's it's so scary. It's so scary to watch. Um, so, yeah, you know, as a as another message, if you're an international listener listening to us, um, we hope you're doing okay. We we hope you're safe. Um, we hope your family is safe and and you guys are doing well. Um, and you know, you listen to us and you get a a little bit of a taster of of what time will be. You know, yeah. um, just keep your keep your governments in check, keep them in line, yeah. keep them doing the things that they need to be doing. Yeah. Um, and you guys will get out of it on top. Um, and yeah, just know that we're we're all here supporting you. We can't do a lot, and we know that, and that sucks. Um, but we'll keep on partying for you for the meantime. Yes, we uh, we opted to not go to any music festivals uh, in solidarity to our Ex- international. Exactly, it's that, the only yep. reason why Ex- we, why we didn't go. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, thank you for, for finding that little recording because what a great way to to sort of reflect on how long we've been mates and what we were doing yeah. in 2015. And as you said, our first sort of let's have a conversation and record. It's kind of crazy that you you found that. And and obviously shout out to our, our very good friend and podcast artist, uh, Sarah Jane Jensen, who was part of that conversation at the time, how long we've yeah. been friends with her and and obviously us being great mates now and her being a crucial cog of of the podcast um last season moving forward um man she has some incredible art oh, that's, that's coming so through. good um, i mean for those of you that listen to the podcast on spotify or apple Podcasts or whatever and maybe don't follow us on instagram or or don't check in with the instagram seriously it's worth looking at every week just to see sj's art because she just keeps getting better and better and better yep. and yep. matt and i are just running out of like adjectives and superlatives to be able to describe like how <laughs> incredible her her work is um so thank you sj for obviously last season and thank you in advance for all the stuff that's coming up this year because matt and i have already seen some of the works and God damn! God damn, is she talented? Um, yeah. And the the art for this week is is 
one of her very very best we'll just yeah. we'll just leave it at that yeah 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 <laughs> yeah uh yeah but you're so right yeah you're so right if you're if you're if you're listening here just to quickly mention yeah go check us on instagram we're on facebook as well um we we you know we post the things on those socials um keeps you up to date when when the next um episodes coming out and things like that and yeah the, the beautiful art and you know we'll do the story and and things like that so yeah check us out on our socials follow us keep up to date um and yeah you'll just know when we're coming at you with the next one (laughs) absolutely absolutely the world is a mess war famine politics why can't everyone just get along yeah like in musicals musicals fix everything if people listened and learned from musicals everything would be better music lights and spontaneous choreography What isn't there to love? If you want to learn all of life's important lessons... Or just listen to some musical theatre nerds wax lyrical... Subscribe to Musicals Tell Me Everything I Know, wherever you find fun and funny podcasts. Or at our website at thatsnotcanonproductions.com. A That's Not Canon Productions podcast. And to finish off this week... um, in a sort of different order than what we were doing last year, but something that we want to keep on top with is, is what we've been watching, what we've been consuming, um, TV shows, film, obviously like the Christmas period, we talked about our Christmas movies and, and entertainment that we've been consuming and, and yeah, just checking in and seeing if there's anything that, that we've missed the boat on. If there's something that we've been watching that everyone else has been loving and going, um, overhyped um but yeah i wanted to kick us off because because last night i i watched a movie that i'd never seen before uh Mm -hmm. to be honest thought i probably would never get around to watching um a movie that some people absolutely loved um from like serious adoration like obsession (laughs) level love to people absolutely just going what is this trash on a screen? Um, mm-hmm, have mm-hmm. you got any guesses based on that description of, of the film? It's part mm. of a franchise. I'll give you that. Ooh. 2008 mm. was the year the first film came out. 2008. 2008. Part, of a, part of a franchise. Obsessed. Uh, de- adapted from a book series. Uh, obsessive fans. Um, I think there were four films. Um, and something that I would never think that I would watch. <laughs> That's probably all the all the clues that I'll give you to reflect on. I'd say Man, one t- of the big five series, young adult series, probably of our lifetime. Oh, is it like uh, the Hunger Games? Not that. Oh, I can't think of the... T- no, because all of the other ones I'm thinking of, I know that you've seen. No, I don't know. I'll put you out of your misery. Uh, I watched Twilight. Oh! (laughs) Yep, yep. That's pretty accurate. Um, Yeah, I watched Twilight for the first time. Just coming back from Coromandel, just wanted to watch what I would deem as, like, a bit of a trashy movie. Um, (laughs) Apologies to those people who have a strong relationship with Twilight. Um, 2008 was maybe a formative time for you and and the... uh, the young love between a, a vampire and a human just really made you reflect on the beauty of relationships and romance and everything. Uh, wasn't for me in 2008. And for some reason, all these years on, I decided to, 
to come up as the film that would be watched on a Sunday night. And yeah, I've got to say, man, just, just a terrible movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, just not a good film. Have you seen it? Uh, yes. Did you watch it like back then, more recently? I'll, I'll, I'll watch the Twilight films anytime. Really? Yeah, God, I'm man. one of those. I've got to I think I wanted to give it a chance from like, I think there's a place for all, <laughs> uh, there's a place for all entertainment. And I yep. just decided to watch it. Um, and like, I enjoyed it in the same way that I enjoy something like, I don't know, scary movie or a film that like, you know, you're going in for a bit of, oh, it's yeah, going to be you. light. It's going to be something mm-hmm. that you just spend two hours in front of and not take life too seriously. But God, I just thought some of like the directing was just terrible. Like the way that it was filmed and the amount of like weird diagonal shots. And there was one yeah, point yeah, at yeah. some point where there was this weird, like 360, almost like go GoPro shot. Um, some of the editing oh, yeah, the was so weird. Yeah, like yeah, the yeah. continuity of, of like cutting between where a character was definitely looking in one direction and then they cut away and it made them look like they were looking in a different direction. And, mm. and like the CG of, of Edward Cullen, like climbing up trees and running. I was just like, Whoa, that's so confronting because <laughs> it's so terrible. And yes, 2008 was quite a while ago. Like, editing's yeah, come yeah, along a long way. And I thought just, <laughs> it was really interesting to watch Robert Pattinson because he's having such a great run. He's having an incredible yeah. run. Incredible. Um, I think I mentioned, I don't know if it was on the podcast or or recently, um, his sort of indie film, Good Time. Uh, obviously, he did the Lighthouse movie recently. Uh, he Tenant. Tenant. Uh, what does he have coming up as well? He's Batman. Like, Batman coming up, of course. He's, he's Batman. He's Batman. Up. He's on a absolute tear. And, and all those performances, people have just absolutely raved about him as an actor and so i think part of me watching the film last night was to to be like what you know we had this discussion about editing in the past like was it just terrible writing was he a bad actor back then because when you watch it it's just it's not a great performance Mm. pretty hard casting to play like a human as a vampire like not an easy role and i was just watching it thinking like where did this go wrong how could this has been better like i'll be interested to see if they remake the twilight series as like a you know a, a netflix tv show as the same Didn't as will you, they develop yeah, yeah, harry yeah. potter in 10 years time as like an animation or something um yeah i just thought generally speaking it was i couldn't understand why they had made so many of the decisions that they had made um, <laughs> weirdly because i hated so many parts of it it makes me more likely to watch the next one to see no, if it's I'm, like... Yeah, I'm gonna, I was going to say, you've started now, you have to watch the rest of them. Yeah, yeah. My Twilight 2021 <laughs> journey will continue, but I just thought that was like an interesting end to, to our, what have you been watching? You know, so many things yeah, we've yeah, shouted yeah. out this year, having like, this is great, like, this is great. I watched Twilight, thought it was pretty terrible. We'll continue watching them. <laughs> No, nah, fair enough. No, nah, fair enough. No, I yeah, I I I went and saw the Twilight films uh, in the movies, uh, every single one, um, and yeah, I've watched them. Um, not like all the time, but I have watched them again. Um, Team Jacob, uh, myself, if anyone's interested, um, obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really interesting. Like you're saying with Robert Pattinson, he's now he's now transformed into the ultimate bat. You know. So he's playing Batman, right? He's come full circle. He's come full circle. So that's cool. Um, 
but yeah, no. Anyway, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's not everyone's thing, but I now I feel like it's now like Twilight's almost the kind of like you think of like what's that genre of movie? Like you know the room? No, not the room. What's the one that um what's that terrible movie? Is it called the room? No, it's not. I know the one you're talking about, but I, I've never seen it. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, the the they they spoofed it. Um like um uh, Franco and Seth Rogen, they, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, anyway, that, that one, man, I can't remember what it's called. The Disaster? Um, that's the, dis- oh yeah, so the original was called The Room and the, oh, the it was Franco right. one was yes. The Disaster Artist. Yeah, the, yeah, the, that's right, The Disaster Artist, yeah, so The Room is now this kind of like cult classic in this kind of, uh, I can't remember the genre that they put it in, but it's like, it's so bad that it's so good. Yeah. I kind of put Twilight in that same kind of sphere that it's like, it's so bad that there's something about it when you watch it, it kind of makes it so good. Mm. Um, and that's why I keep watching them, I guess. Um, but I, I, I enjoy them. Anyway, let's continue on. I, I, I appreciate you bringing that up because obviously, once again, we have completely opposing and different views of, of what that is. But thank you for watching it. That's okay. For the first time, finally. Um, I am, um, to bring it into the kind of like, modern stuff that i've been consuming um obviously really big and exciting we all know that i'm a really big fan of the marvel universe um but finally on friday um they released a new marvel um and it's the first disney plus series as well um it's the first um yeah first show for marvel um that is part of the mcu um the marvel cinematic universe um and it is in direct canon i you know a lot of people are thinking that it's kind of its own separate thing but it is in canon with the movies now these streaming shows um and that was wandavision um and i absolutely without any spoilers or a quick review i absolutely loved it um and i mean that's not just me being a fan of the marvel universe but the reason that I loved it so much is because it was just so weird and new and nothing that Marvel's done before that it was really refreshing after having a whole year of no Marvel and coming back to it and it being with these kind of like, not, I would say second tier characters, obviously from the Marvel Cinematic Universe so far, one, uh, Wanda Maximoff, who is the Scarlet Witch and Vision, who is Vision, um, they, they, it was great, you know, it kind of, like I said, without any spoilers, the season opens up with like this kind of like black and white 1950s sitcom, um, and Wonder and Vision are in this, like, like, it's literally being played like a sitcom, it's got like laugh tracks over top of it, um, and it's, yeah, black and white, and characters coming in and out, and, you know, they're this kind of, like, newlywed married couple, um, but as the kind of, the episode goes on, um, start to realise that something's not quite right, um, but it was just so refreshing, it just being, yeah, like I said, just a new kind of aspect of a world that we've never really seen before, um, so I think even if you are or you're not a Marvel fan and you have a Disney Plus um, account, definitely give it a watch because um, it's. I don't think you're missing out on anything necessarily if you're not a big fan of what's going on. Um, I think it's just yeah something really cool and wacky, but it still gives you those moments of like, oh yeah, this is Marvel. <laughs> yeah. We're watching Marvel right now, um, so yeah, that's my big. Um, 
thing that I've consumed in this past week. They also released two episodes as well, which is um, quite surprising. They're only about half an hour long. They've released two episodes, so there's two episodes out to watch, and it's going to be released every Friday night at 9 o'clock. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, every Friday night, 9 o'clock. Um, I think it's going until the, some, uh, a date in March. I think there's about nine episodes, I believe. Um, and then after that, we get the next um, the next Marvel series as well. So it, it looks like Marvel's kind of set it up nicely the way it's going to run for the next few years i think they've like i think i've got they've got it prepped until 2026 all of the marvel stuff that's coming out um so if you're a marvel fan it all starts now so get ready yeah it's cool that's really cool that they're doing uh, aside from releasing two episodes to start one episode a week i'd love to have a conversation with you about that at some point the shift from um one episode per week TV structure to obviously like the season dump show dump binge watching mm. thing. I think that would mm. be really worth talking about at some stage. Cause I think it's definitely changed the way that we engage with uh, TV shows. I think most yeah, famously sure. like game of Thrones was kind of like the last staple hold of that being a one episode a week, everyone wondering what was going to happen. And we've kind of lost part of that culture. So that's really cool that they're, going back to that one episode a week you get to watch it you have to reflect on it and then you can't wait for the next one to come out i know some people hate that they're obsessed with binge culture i get that but deal with it you have to do it for one division so (laughs) if if for nothing else i'm excited that marvel is pushing back towards that traditional kind of tv release formatting and Mm. i I, i'm not as much of a marvel fan as you i do really enjoy uh the marvel cinematic universe so i will definitely be be trying to check it out and i think it's a lot more achievable when you know there's only a couple of episodes out like even if i can Mm. watch the first episode within the next three weeks i won't feel like oh i've i'm behind the whole season and i will yeah yeah i've seen all the spoilers and stuff because man they've been as i was walking to the bus today to come home to record this i saw a lot of wandavision posters so it's everywhere um, it's nice that you've given me a little little push towards it rather than just (laughs) seeing it and, and not diving in so thank you for the recommendation and and to everyone else out there you heard marvel marvel's on now matt said it so get on board it's here it's back it's back and we're excited last year was so drab without it well last year was drab in general so (laughs) not all of it not all of it we know this we know this um but yeah i guess i have i guess i have one last i guess or not last but an announcement for myself in this kind of consuming acting category of um of this podcast to kind of not finish us off but but get us there um is that yeah i've got an announcement and and it's something that i've talked about before um with with you all and with you james obviously um but i've like i said at the start at the top of this podcast you know 2021 i've kind of had to you know kind of look at myself i've done a lot of you know evaluating and reevaluating over 2020 and the and the christmas period you know now being alone and and things not not alone you know what i mean um by myself I've kind of had to, yeah, just really think about what I want and what's next for me. Um, So I have finally made the decision um, to hand in my resignation with Barkers um, and I will be leaving Working Barkers uh, at the start of March. Um, I am going to be kept on as a casual contract just with them, just because, you know, it's 
it is a, it is a good gig and I do like it but um, just so I can kind of stay on the books and if I need a bit of work I can kind of just stay there um, well not stay there you know get a bit of money in the pocket um, but the big reason that I want to do this is because I just want to start re kind of revamp and restart my acting career um, I've realized that 2020 obviously a lot of us couldn't do it you know uh, it's, it's it was a hard year um, but 2021 um, I know a lot of entertainment industries are actually coming over to New Zealand um, and we're obviously lucky enough to still be doing theatre and all of these kind of things. Um, so yeah, this year I've decided to completely get out of the grasps of retail and a 9 to 5 job um, and I'm just going to really try and uh, try and make something, try and do something um, uh, creative uh, in the entertainment industry, whether I'm writing myself or creating myself or, you know, get an agent um, or just go out and audition and find things. Um, I just want to, yeah, I want to completely challenge myself. A, since leaving uni, I haven't done that. I've always had a full-time job. So I've always had the backdrop of money and things like that and doing shows, but I've never had the flexibility of being able to say yes to absolutely everything. So this year, I just want to challenge myself in a new city, which is exactly what I would have been doing if I had gone to London next year, um, last year, sorry, is up here in Auckland, just, yeah, get out there, try and do something, create, and just commit myself. If I don't have work coming in, I have to go and find work. So I want that full kind of challenge of it all. I also realize that I can go, you know, do work down in Wellington as well. I've got friends that I can stay with down there if I need a, you know, a little bit of time to, to chill and, and do something. So yeah, that's my big kind of acting announcement is that I am leaving my full-time job and I'm going to try and do the thing that I love more. Which is awesome. Um, obviously we've we've talked about this before i'm lucky enough to get exclusive matt news before the uh general public um i subscribe to the matt patriot no uh yeah and i'm just so stoked for you man i'm excited for you on so many levels for you personally i think this will be really exciting for you as you said it's mental to me that you have had a full-time job since uni not not in a bad way i think that's Mm, mm all too many people um come out of come out of uni and and like just sort of fizzle out on the fact that you went straight into work and and have been doing something something that on the whole you've made it so clear that you've loved working for barkers it's been a job that you have a a great skill for and ability for and as you've said in the past putting smile on people's faces and helping them with their clothes um but yeah this this I think is a great step for you um, to challenge yourself and to also reward yourself creatively, mm. like creatively and give yourself more time and space to do new projects. Um, as you said, giving yourself the flexibility, I think that is the great difficulty yeah. of being an artist is, is we have to be flexible to so much change in different job prospects and offers. And often that doesn't line up with the traditional uh, job. Um, yeah, sure, you haven't been doing a nine to five monday to friday office job but you've still been absolutely grafting and and working full time and 
the fact that in the near future you won't be quite so restrained in that way and you'll have more opportunity to to pursue your acting stuff is obviously something that I'm super stoked for and, and <laughs> a big yes stick from me and if it means that I can see you more often and it means that we can do more stuff outside the podcast and grow the podcast selfishly I'm uh, excited for that as well um, <laughs> but yeah bro I'm generally speaking just just so stoked for you and and obviously you making that big decision to help yourself pursue your creative interests and and your acting career I think is something that I can only give you massive thumbs up for and and can't wait to see what the the rest of the year holds for you because it's it's so exciting it's going to open up so much new stuff um and yeah I can't wait to be along along for the ride with you over the next foreseeable future with it (laughs) oh you will be there bro no i i really appreciate that you know there might be might be some people listening out there kind of being like you know what's the deal but i you know i I remember last season me and james did a really big big podcast on the nine to five job you know and it's it's a it's a big grind it's a big thing to do and i i just realized that um it's not the be all and end all for me obviously money and security and stuff like that is is nice to you know know that you're going to be having that coming in every week you're going to be able to you know have the food and stuff and the material positions and possessions and all of that but i just realized that i i need i need to start now you know we talk so much about entertainment and acting and all of this kind of stuff but i'm just not doing it i'm not doing it and i realized that this year i have the ability to at least try. And I think I owe that to myself. Um, and I owe that to the people that know me as well, um, on what I love doing. And I just need to start doing that. So thank you, James. Um, and thank you to everyone as well who I've talked to and is supporting me in the fact. Um, and if you're listening to this and you know me, get excited because I'm going to start doing things. So, (laughs) um, yeah, I, I, I'm excited. So thank you. Thank you, everyone. The time is now. Like you said, with with uh, being back into Marvel, the time is now for you and your career and everything <laughs> creative. And, and look, we're just, we're just so stoked to be back. It's not been nice to have a little bit of time off, but but being back in, in the flow of things and to, uh, everything that we've talked about today has opened up way more topics that we haven't been yeah. able to talk about rather than feeling True. like we've capped off things i feel damn we have all this other stuff to talk about the good <laughs> news is that we're back on for the year we're back on every week Woo. um Woo. we're still figuring out a few things we might be changing the the day that we post the uh episodes um obviously if you're still listening to us um good for you we've we've extended our episode time we've decided you know what uh if you're listening you're listening and you won't complain with a little bit of extra time so probably most of the episodes will be around the hour and a half mark this season whereas last year we were sort of in that uh 55 to sort of just over an hour period but we just thought you know what um there's no reason to cut ourselves short and with all the new segments and ideas and and things that we want to hit um stuff it it's going to be at least an hour and a half and i can see now that it is an hour and a half so uh (laughs) hopefully that's okay with you um but yeah thank you for today matt and thank you to everyone for for jumping back on with uh season two we're stoked to be back with uh tnc uh the podcast network that's not canon we're going to be having lots of uh, new shout outs and cross promos with other fantastic episodes that are on the uh, TNC network that you may hear on this episode and episodes coming forward. If you're a podcaster and you're looking for new content, I, I heard multiple conversations over the last week. Someone asked the the question when we were in the Coromandel. It was like, does anyone know any good podcast? 
pod- does anyone know any good <laughs> podcasts? And I was like, well, for one thing, yes. And for another thing, <laughs> TNC. So we're going to be shouting out lots of our fellow podcasters who have amazing podcasts um, just to, to help spread some of the, the love, some of the aroha and, and help provide you, the listener, with some more stuff to listen to. So it's all coming forward. Um yeah, we're, we're stoked to be back. And yeah, thank you, bro, for, for everything this week. And I just can't wait to keep on going with you as, as we tick along. Yeah, man, it's nice to kind of get into it. I mean, coming into it, I was feeling dusty. Um, but now that we're here, now that we're at the end of this episode, I just, yeah, thank you. Thank you for wanting to continue this journey, uh, man, together. And um, for everyone listening as well, thank you for, for continuing to come on in. Uh, like I said earlier, find us on Instagram, find us on Facebook, the Bros and Brews podcast, um, and join on in there because you'll be able to keep up with all of the content that's going on. And we just want to see your love. If you've got a question or something to say to us, feel free to comment on the post um, and just, yeah, uh, share, share the aroha. Share the aroha. Give it to us. Yeah, we absolutely appreciate it. Whenever you reach out, uh, whenever you touch base with us, we absolutely love it. And, and please, we hope that continues this season. Um, but for now, Matt, it's been an absolute doozy. Seems to have been the word of the week. Doozy. It's good. Uh, stoked to be back with you. And to everyone who's out there listening, whether it be the morning and afternoon and evening, whatever part of the world you're in, we appreciate your uh, being part of our audience. And Matt, I guess that's all left to be said. So we'll see you next time. Peace! When was the last time you watched a Disney movie? No. When did you really watch one of their early movies? My name is Jen. I started re-watching every one of the Disney animated feature films recently, and watching them with a modern eye made me say, oof, right in the childhood. Join me every Monday to learn the history behind each of these movies. And then, after I talk about the history and trivia for that movie, I'll summarize and react to my experience watching it as a modern feminist. Every week, you'll learn something, you'll laugh a little, and you'll realize that your Disney steep childhood was rife with hidden sexism, racism, classism, ableism, and more. It really will make you say, oof, right in the childhood. Uh, that's not kind of productions podcast.